open. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hextech Heroes. My name is Laughing Mage, and I'm back this week, joined by your favorite podcaster minions. Guys, say hello. Everyone, it's Susan. How's it going? Hey, it's totally not micro. I'm somebody else this time. Not really. Who is that? It's micro. <laughs> totally not micro. The League of Legends skin for micro. The Definitely April not Fool's micro. Day. Yep, that's that's what we're doing here now. Which is yep. it? And is it a spicy time. intro for is the it week? An, is it an ultimate skin or is it legendary or is like a gross um, normal one? Yeah, make pay like it's a seven fifty skin. Disgusting. I don't. I don't want anything to do I with play that. Sims, what, all, what can I fucking do, man? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm a less than <sighs> average human being. Imagine you reverse the like the skin model, make the cheapest skin, but like have the best effects on it as possible. That'd be fucking wild. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about micro skin as as much as we would like to. Yeah. <laughs> we're here to talk about League of Legends and what's happened in the last week and whatnot. But before we get into all of that, let's do our catch-up XP where we talk about what we've been doing over the last week or so. Guys, I actually think I'm going to go first because I haven't been That's here for two weeks. Yeah, I think I'm going to do I'm going to do my catch-up XP. Cool catch -up XP. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my catch-up XP, you know... Playing a lot of fucking League of Legends every single day of my life. I, I play like three games every night before I like after I get home from work and like that's basically all I ever do. Um but last week when I wasn't feeling so hot, that day where we're where we normally are supposed to record, I ended up watching all of Chainsaw Man. Liter Yo, literally the entire thing I... start to fucking end. The entire fucking was show. It? It's really mid. Okay. Like I'm, uh -oh. I was super underwhelmed by how much I enjoyed it. Where it's like, wh by the way that people talked about this on the internet, they said that this was like the second coming yeah. of Naruto. Like they were saying, like this is like the greatest fucking anime of all time. Like, came th out. Th this shit is gonna be so fucking good. Like it, like and, and to to that point, I'm sure like the source material is really that good. But the I maybe there's an issue with the like the like when they translated it to to anime or whatever. But people were talking about the anime like it was like so fucking incredible, and I watched the entire thing in one sitting. Right, so I will say one of the pluses, they hook you, man. They hook you. They 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 end an episode on a cliffhanger every single time. I did not hesitate to hit that next button. Okay. But it also felt like false advertising because they would leave you on a cliffhanger. Next episode, they resolve it in two seconds, and it wasn't even that big of a deal. And it's like okay, interesting. But I'm like to get some hextech haters. <laughs> <laughs> you say that for I'm like so the, sorry. the haunted hotel scene in the beginning. The that that that's that's the one with like the the eternity demon. Yeah, or the whatever. mouth in the in the rooms. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You just hops in there, and then ooh, problem solved. Yeah, I was like, I was expecting a lot more. And I'm everybody was lie. in that room having mental breakdowns and stuff. Bro, Kobeni needs some help, man. That Relax. She needs some fucking help. <laughs> She's losing her goddamn mind. She's ready to murder that man, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a professional de like demon hunter? Can you calm the fuck down? <laughs> but, no, I mean, I think the show was fine. I The animation was really, really nice. Like, that's probably the biggest upside is the animation was fucking beautiful i i mean i i don't think it's like as good as demon slayer i i don't even know if i would say it's as good or worse it's like 
it's a different style where Demon Slayer is so stylistically unique that you can say that it is you could make an argument for it being some of the best animation you've ever seen, but that is very much like a that that's like a technical thing. They they are technical differences between the two animation styles that I don't think you can really compare the two accurately. I agree um, with that, yeah. But the animation is really, really beautiful. The the opening scene, kickback, incredible. And like the, the popular culture references that they make, really, really great. The show, the characters, the story, it's just it just didn't really do it for me. And I I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie, man. Denji is the most boring main character that I've had in an anime in a long time. Like his yeah. his entire moral compass and his like drive to do stuff is centered around wanting to have sex and like I'm sorry, I just don't care, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm much more... I, I always lean more towards, like, the noble characters that have, like, a strong moral compass and they know what they want, and it's it's usually for, like, a pretty good reason, which is why I liked Aki so much. I like Aki a lot more than I like Denji in terms of, like, their actual character, but... You know, that that's short Chainsaw Man review. Other than that, um, I went to the movies a couple of times. I went, I went and saw uh, the new Puss in Boots movie for the first time theater was completely fucking empty because this movie has been out forever and i had a good enough time watching that it was cute it was fine um but really other than that i just work all the time and i play league of legends and unless you guys want me to go over my solo queue adventures that's gonna be it for me for my catch-up xp how solo queue then trash bro Oh no! This shit is not what I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's, it's so it's just so weird, man. Because I love League of Legends, and I'm playing jungle, which means that I need to be impactful, and I need to know what I'm doing in order to be impactful. And I think I honestly average like a four to one Drake ratio in most of my games, four to one, four to two, something like that, where right. the enemy junglers do not play around objectives as hard as I do, but like. I swear to God, people just some people just do not want to win the game. No. Like some people go into solo queue and they have no intention of trying to win, and it's so cringe. And it's like not even that like oh, they're like they're running it down. It's just like one misplay happens and then they just like fucking DC and they just they're like they say like GG go next and after they die once and it's just like over. It's like it's I don't know, mental. man. Yeah. yeah, no, the mental is just fucking disgusting, I think, but I think so. Like I, I'm definitely winning more games than I'm losing, but like, there's a huge difference between how I'm winning and losing games. Because the games that I'm losing are the games where I'm picking facilitating junglers, where like my entire team. I, I had a game where what was it? It was like <clears throat> I had a double melee topside with both of them playing hard carries. It was like a million and a half mastery point Riven player. And an Akali one trick on my top side, right? And then my bot side pick like Sivir Lulu. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I can play for my top side carries. I can win the game. Oh no, it wasn't Sivir Lulu. It was Sivir Senna. Sivir Senna. And I was like, I can play towards my top side carries. I'll pick fucking Sejuani. We'll get the the Everfrost or, or the the Frostbite passive or whatever. It'll be really really good. In the first like ten minutes of the game, Riven died three times and Akali died seven times. Oh, and I and, and that was without me even like being there. Like I wasn't like ganking them and the ganks were going poorly. They were getting solo killed by their laners. 
Like uh, I counter ganked topside at three sec at three minutes when the enemy I I don't remember the jungler was was like going top to kill the Riven and I stopped the gank from happening. We killed the Urgot and Riven lived, and like I set a freeze for her top and I was like, okay, this is perfect. My Riven is like gonna get super fed off of that. She dies when she uh, instantly dies when she comes back to lane <laughs> instantaneously. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what uh, the fuck. <laughs> And then, like, all three of my lanes just start getting, like, 1v1, 2v2 killed. And I'm like, okay, I actually just have no impact this game. It's actually over. Uh, You're then, the one that gets flamed. Well, it's like, I don't, nobody was flaming, I, I, like, in that game. Like, nobody was, like, having a bad time. Like, everyone was just quiet in chat, which I uh, think is definitely preferable. Because I think, well, it, well, at that point, it's like, those people probably know they fucked up. Damn. And they do not want other people saying shit. And in, until somebody says some shit, they're not going to say anything. That's um, valid. But, like, they kept dying. And it was, like, really, really bad. And I, I felt really sad after that loss. Because it was, like, we had a really good comp for the most part. I actually really liked what we were doing. And then we just, I, I don't know what happened. Our laning phase just got shat on. And we and we lost in, like, 17 minutes. Um, yeah. And then my wins, I'm, like, I'm locking in Silas. And I'm just I'm just one-shotting people, man. I just I lock in Silas, I run at the enemy team, and it works out. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is That's great. That's all I've been seeing lately in, like, Challenger solo queue games. People just playing Silas jungle or Silas mid and just face tanking people and just eating everything. You get past, like, your first... Disgusting. You, you get to your level 6 safely, and you can just win the game. I swear to God, Silas jungle is the easiest thing to abuse it's so good Damn. but like but like yeah no the, the games where we're in like losing stage i'm playing these facilitator tanky champions because it's even happening on like maokai where i oh my god i had like a 55 minute banger on maokai because my team was just so fucking determined to lose a game and they were like flaming the oh fuck god. out of us and i was like brother i got us all of our dragons i got two heralds and we have taken baron and elder like twice each and we still have not been able to close out this game because you are zero and fucking 20 and you do not want to win please just fucking play with us and after and after that 55 minutes we finally fucking won but i i played that game at like 7 a.m and i was like i'm not playing this i'm not playing league for at least until at least until tonight i cannot right <laughs> Jesus. those type of games man they're so fun. They feel so good to win. But they feel so draining to play. I did not feel good winning that game, man. I felt uh, I felt so shitty. <laughs> I take back what I said. I felt I so feel shit, man. Those games. <laughs> Dude, my scoreline was like three seven and like thirty. <laughs> and I was like, how have we oh. not ended this game yet? <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I mean that that's what my solo queue adventures have been like. It's been a little rough, but we're mm. we're making some progress. Yeah, at least you're still going. Yeah. <laughs> still queuing up after after horror movie after horror movie. Yeah, I'm addicted. What about you guys? What about your ketchup XPs? Uh, I guess I'll go. Yeah. I haven't really been up to much now that I'm thinking about it. Been working. Played a little bit of League with my homie. Uh, I think I caught like a... A cute Zeri Earth game, and I think I forgot who I played after that, but I played one other champion I really liked, and uh, that that was my League of Legends experience for I think <laughs> about like a week, and um, uh, yeah, I've just been vibing, chilling. 
not really doing much. Yeah, that's yeah. my week. <laughs> Just intentionally not doing anything. As I am starting this, Goober has hopped on my lap, my cat. Uh, I just fed him to make him not go wild. He's trying to rip my arms apart. This is not good. <laughs> He's getting a Psychology. shout out at the end of the pod. <laughs> he thought it would work. I thought it would, man. Um, as for me, in terms of league, I really haven't done much. I think the past past week, I got two pentakills in two separate games, which was kind of sick. But one of them was an ARAM and the other one was Misfortune. So that's kind of... <laughs> One was Anivia, one was Misfortune. Those weren't too hard to get. Oh, I, I got also, like kills this week too, actually. Forgot. Nice. I got two. I, I was on a... kills in one game. I was in a mis... The Misfortune game was like 50 plus minutes. And I took a sleeping <laughs> pill right before oh, the no. game started. I was... It was so bad. I was half... As, <laughs> like, I was slur... Like, not slurring. Slurring is a bad, like, term for it, but like... My words were just all coming out in a flurry, like a bad, like uh, I just couldn't say, I couldn't say. We're on like, the ten hours. Yeah, I was like half asleep playing league because I don't want it. I was the carry on the team too, so it was like, uh, <laughs> uh. But other than that, I mean, league, not much this week. I played one game of a soul so far because it's impossible to get him right now, and I got auto filled, so I played him jungle because I had version pit. Um, I went two and seven. It was not that good, but that's one of the most fun I've had on the champion so far. That hmm. shit is fucking awesome. Um, I'll go more into it because I think that's part of our one of our topics. But I think it's really, it, it feels great. I love it. Um, in terms of outside a league, though, I got my when I got home last night before, like, because we're recording a day late because I had to go help my family with something that they need me to do. Um. And when I got home last night, I set up my 3D printer finally that I've had for like a year and a half. Hoggers. Oh, I've been, hell yeah. I've been, it's a resin 3D printer, so it's not one of the filament ones. So I've been, I've got one going right now. It's like my fourth print already. <laughs> this shit feels like magic. Man's doing work. I've got that going on. I've got. Materializing shit, dog. <laughs> Dude, I'm making materials oh, cool. and elements and gears and shit. Materials. Not really. <laughs> I'm just making little swords. I'm a <laughs> small that. arms dealer. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there's that. I've got to print up a bunch of shit so that I could take because I won't be in the pod next in two episodes from now. I'll be gone. But I'm trying to paint so much in two weeks. It's not going to be fun at work. Um, that's pretty much it. Oh, there was a Paramore releasing an album this week. I've been addicted to listening to that. Well, I, I thought it was mid at first. I thought Here's it was the mid at first. Album too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Lincoln Park also had a song or something. I was yeah. listening to it today. There's an unreleased song by Chester, yeah. or that had Chester's vocals in his. Voice. What? Yeah, yeah. I need that. The music yeah. video is sick. The, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, I really I added all of the Paramore songs to my playlist. As you I might have a problem. <laughs> but is I think it's it really a pretty good. A, out, is like, it a problem though? Uh, maybe. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy it. I thought it was mid at first, but listening to it more, I'm just addicted to it. Really, so I gotta check it out. Yeah, my favorite thick skull or lion. If you ever give those a listen, they're a bit slower. If it's like a lot more mature, then 
And there's a lot more mature sounding in both her vocals and how they play the music and shit. Uh, but that's it. That's my week. I haven't been up to too much. Nice. We stand Paramore here. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Bailey Williams. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We're just going to make a Paramore podcast next, guys. We're, we're, we'll start that up. I <laughs> actually probably have multiple episodes with album stuff to talk about them. We have to do. <laughs> You're going to do the album review. Oh, my God. Listen to every song. That'd be sick, actually. That'd be super fun. <laughs> All right. Hextech Heroes bonus content for our OnlyFans is listening to <laughs> Off the Rift Hextech Heroes, dude. Yeah, it might be fun. <sighs> but getting back on to the Rift, that was our catch-up XP. So let's move into our team chat topics. So first off, before we get into anything else, we're going to do a LOL Esports update. And by we, I mean mostly me, because I watch a lot of League of Legends all the fucking time. And not not everybody has as much time on their hands as I do. So (laughs) uh, we'll be going region by region. I will give a quick, uh, like, uh, I don't think I'll necessarily go through the standings, like top to bottom or anything like that, but I'll be talking about like what's going on and maybe who's at the top and who's at the bottom. But we're going to start with our uh, with our friends across the lake, across the pond, the LEC. So in the LEC, essentially they're in a new kind of format where they have a their regular seasons are much shorter and they are taking up three day weeks and their top eight move on to their uh, their playoffs and they're putting it into three splits. And at first, there was a lot of controversy about this. People weren't really sure how it was going to work out there, like work out well. And I actually think it worked out really, like really interestingly, where there seems to be a lot of, there, there was a lot of um, drama and stress around actually making it into top eight because it should not be that tough to make it into top eight. Like if you if you made a team that looks like it should be good, then it should be good, and getting top eight should not be a difficult task. However, it was a very difficult task for two teams in particular that nobody thought were going to get relegated out of the, out of the first tournament, uh, which were Fnatic and XL. And oh my god, all Fnatic guys, at the bottom. These guys lost. They're not in the playoffs. They're, they they didn't make top eight, and these are like arguably two super teams man and like we get it the meme about super teams is like oh yeah no they never win but like not winning and then not being in the fucking playoffs are very different to me man oh my god like it's it was so weird to me that we can look at these teams on paper and think to ourselves yeah there's no way these guys are gonna make it into top eight right it's not possible like for instance our for XL, let's start at the very bottom. XL went like one and seven. They did not like win any fucking games at all during the regular season. Uh, one and eight, excuse me. And they let's see. Oduwamne was their top laner. That's last year's LEC top lane uh, champion from summer. The top laner that made it to the world group stage and d- didn't win <laughs> very much, but like he made it very far and he was a core part to that team. Uh, then we have, like, Patrick and Targamus in the bot lane, who are pretty well-known, well-respected players for their roles. Targamus being on the G2 roster from last year that did extraordinarily well. So there was a lot of expectation there. Xerse and Vethio are also two players who are pretty well-respected in, in the professional scene. Vethio being the mid laner 
Zerse being the jungler, of course. But it was really interesting to see how this team kind of devolved, where they were basically releasing these mini documentaries talking about their performances and how they were like, we were the most hyped team in LEC, and we only lost games. <laughs> and, like, Vetio individually, their mid laner, like, took to Twitter talking about, like, yeah, no, like, I am mentally and emotionally drained from this. We all we do is fucking lose. This team is never going to work out. And this man was just like absolutely fucking broken on social media. And they did not make uh -oh. it into the top eight. And then also, surprisingly, Fnatic did not make it into the top eight. Now, for those of you oh. who don't know, I am a Fnatic fan. I fucking love yeah. this team <laughs> from last year. Yamato, Yamato's squad. I, I love these boys. I watch all of their content, and if I had $600 to spare, I probably would be a part of their, like, special $600 a box special fan thing that they have on their website, but I don't have that much money to spare. But regardless, Fnatic Squad is... <laughs> I don't even think I need to really go over these guys that much, but it's, like, Wounder, Razork, Humanoid, Reckless, and Rux. And these are good fucking players. These guys, these guys are, like, Almost always, with the exception of, like, Razork and Rux, I, I, I guess you could say, are almost always considered to be, like, top three in their role for, for LEC whenever they've been playing. And to see this team just completely blow out and not make the top eight is, like, so surprising to people. And there are a lot of questions as to, as to why Fnatic did not do well. There's, there's a lot of finger-pointing, too, where it's, like, People want to replace Razork. People want to replace Rux. People think that Reckless is washed and not worth it, like not worth the contract that he got. And like to an extent, I can see why people are upset. Because firstly, the only reason why Fnatic even did well and made it to Worlds and made it out of the the uh, play-in stage was because of their AD carry at the time, Upset, and their support at the time, Hillisong. These two carried Fnatic's dead fucking corpse across the finish line to make it into Worlds, for the most part. And then Humanoid became an Azir one-trick for, like, ten games. So, the only reason why these guys won were basically because of their bot lane. And then they went and they replaced their bot lane for Reckless, which I guess you could say is fine, because Upset, like, isn't as big as a name, I guess, and Reckless has a lot of accolades to his career. But then they also replaced Hillisong, for their substitute support, Rux. And Rux did fine last year when he was subbing for Hillisong for a little bit, but he was not never particularly impressive, and he definitely did not have any of that patented hilly flair where he just runs it down occasionally. I don't think there was much of a reason for the switch. I actually think, if I remember correctly, I heard something about, like, Reckless maybe didn't want to play with Hillisong or somebody didn't want to play with Hillisong, but they really wanted that player to be on the team, so they just removed Hillis Hilly and they, they brought up Rux or something. But that's a sucky situation to be in, you know? yeah. yeah. But like regardless, like this team should have done well. For for all intents and purposes, this team should have at least made it into the top eight, but they could not pull it together. There seems <laughs> to be a lot of communication errors with their team. There's not a lot of like commu like the, the, their communication just seems so off. Their team fights look so fucking ugly. And like it, when they did pick up wins, and it was not many, I believe it was only two wins they ever picked up. Yeah, and in their two wins that they were able to get, it really felt like Razar was trying really hard to make sure that this team wins because Reckless did fucking nothing in most of these games. I'm not going to lie. He was on some like, 
passive veganism like transformation where he was playing like like an AD carry is a backline damage dealer. But he like forgot the back half of that statement and only went with like backline and then just kind of stood there and did fucking nothing. And it, it I don't know. Like this team was so disappointing to see to, to see lose. Cause I think a lot of people were anticipating, hey, they might be one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. Definitely up there in conversation with G2 and Koi. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To have, to have that discussion to going what you see now, like. <laughs> and and with that being said, I think there is also the conversation to be had about the other teams that made it in that people didn't think were going to make it in being like SKT, Astralis, and BDS. I think Astralis are frauds and they're not actually going to make it very far into the into the playoffs. And uh actually if I remember correctly, did they pl- I'm pretty sure they didn't yeah, they did play today. And Astralis lost today to uh Mad Lions. So I'm glad I'm glad to see that cuz I don't think Astralis was even actually that good. I think they were for for sure frauds and not at all as good as they thought they everyone thought they were going to be but like sk gaming was a team that came in and seemed to have a really really good at the met a really really good read at the meta and surprised everybody with with how well they were playing as a team uh they also lost to koi uh, on uh saturday so koi is moving on and sk gaming is not moving on and then the team that a lot of people also said should be bottom of the standings was bds and bds is a team that like if you're ask if you ask me, got away with murder by having weird cheesy picks that shouldn't work, but ended up going in their favor when they flipped the coin more often than not. And now they just played their series against G two and G two put them in the ground and BDS is now in the lower bracket as well. <laughs> so Ha ha ha. Yeah. I, I, the teams that you did not expect to be here are also now the teams that are fighting in the losers bracket for the playoffs, which makes sense. But the fact that Fnatic and XL could not make it into the top eight in the first place is just positively ridiculously like unexpected. Uh, But other than just that happening, there were a couple of interesting uh, storylines also that happened in the LEC. Um, I have her on our, uh what's it called on on our guide that we that we kind of talked through uh the vitality and the heretic game i'm actually going to save that and i'm going to talk about that later so i'm going to just move on to my next lec topic which is koi where koi had a really really rough start to their regular season they were not winning a lot of games they did not look very good and the only part of their team that they ended up really changing was um was their top laner so odwamne was no longer their top laner instead it was shigenza and they just for whatever reason, did not seem like they were doing very well, and they just kind of were falling apart in in a lot of places, it seemed, but they made it to top eight, which was good enough for them, and they were just kind of skidding by, it seemed, but today, not today, was it today? Not today. Yesterday, I believe. Yesterday, they played their series against SK, and like I said, SK was the team that seemed to have a really, really good read in the meta, and obviously Koi won against them, and their wins were really, really decisive. 
And it brings up the question of whether or not this Koi squad has found their groove, found their read on the meta, and is going to be in the same uh, the same form that they were in last year when they ended up winning the LEC in summer. And that's going to be interesting to see how they do uh, in their upcoming games because this this was a very big question mark for a lot of people as to, like, Koi is supposed to be the best team in this league right now. Like, like on paper, they were supposed to be the best team in the league. They had just won summer, basically with the same exact squad, and no one really thought that they would be able to get dethroned easily. And then they basically came into the regular season and just lost over and over again. And we're going to see when they play next time against Team Vitality, whether or not they are actually as good as everyone is saying they are, or if perhaps they got lucky playing against SK. Because Vitality, I think, as, as far as test teams go, this is a very good team to test your might against. Because Vitality looks like the most dominant team in Europe and could just potentially win out the split in, like without a lot of content. Uh, n without much contest. But that's all I have for the LEC. Moving on... Let's talk about Korea, the greatest region in the world for League of Legends. Yes, sir. No doubt. <laughs> Couple of things going on in Korea. Number one, he won on an absolute tear. They look like they have maintained exactly how strong they were last year. And they are just adding on to that strength by winning and then winning some more and then winning even further beyond plus ultra. You know what's interesting? What? what other team can you can you think of that you could say that about that's like as popular as T1? I don't that think like every time you see them consistently come back into the series, you're just like, oh yeah, they're they're doing their thing again. I don't know if you can say there are very. I think each region has a team that people point to and look at as being like perhaps the face of that region. For a long time, it was right. Fnatic. For Europe and now it seems more like G2 is that where when you go into a season you see oh guys G2 is winning a bunch of games nobody is fucking surprised no no one thinks that right. G, like that that's never a surprising feat for the LPL it's like RNG is very very good and arguably just one of the best teams in the world consistently every single year but and I'll get on to that a little bit later they don't look like that right now but it is always kind of a toss-up between the best teams in, in China. And then for NA, I was like, oh, yeah, TSM was really good for a while. <laughs> and, uh, right. That is not how it's going right now. Nah. <laughs> so I, I guess you could say for each region, there's probably one team that you could point out as being like the face of the region. But there is no yeah. team in the world that can contest T1 in terms of popularity and status. That's for sure. I like for the other regions, it's pretty uh, changing between... The seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's pretty unpredictable. Yeah. I, there's, there's honestly a lot of roster swaps. That's true. And and I think that is just one of the things that a lot of people have a conversation about. And I think we could probably do an entire podcast dedicated to that. But like the amount of changeover that there is on professional League of Legends teams is, in my opinion, a huge problem in terms of like well, having consistent strength in your region and also creating storylines and having po a, pop a growth in popularity. That's that's a completely valid thought process. Like now that you think about it, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, T1 just looks super, super fucking good. The only team that they've actually lost to is um, HLE, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. And it was an interesting loss because no one thought they were going to drop to HLE. And if you watch the game, you can see that T1, honest to God, looks like they are for funning the game. <laughs> and they're not really oh, playing. No. Like, like, you see them, like, they're visibly losing. And you look at the player cams, and all five of them are just smiling and giggling. <laughs> having a good fucking time. Like, they don't give it. They, have a, they don't have a care in the world. And well, what if they, like... What if they did that on purpose? What if they threw the game? I I mean, you you could say that they did. You could you can what make that argument some, like, that underground they did. Shit going on. That'd be funny. I mean, it was against. So okay, for for those of us who aren't as familiar with the LCK, the uh, HLE or Hanwha Life is the team that picked up Kingen and Zeka from DRX last year. And I guess this is a, is a pretty good time to move on from the T1 and, and just sort of talk about HLE because this is my next topic for the LCK. There was a lot of questions about this roster because, first of all, they are built like a fucking super team. First right. of all, they have Kingen in the top lane, Clid in the jungle, Zekka in the mid lane, Viper in the bot lane, and Life in, in the support role. And you, you look at that and there are some names that you recognize. Obviously, the yeah. most current reigning world champion top laner and mid laner you have a world-class jungler and arguably one of the best AD carries in the entire world on your team. Yep. And you look at that and you think, oh, surely this squad is going to be just super dominant. They're not going to drop very many games. They're going to look really, really good. And they are as middle of the pack as you can get being at four and four at the moment. And there is the question of, is this team good? Or are they frauds? Because if you look at their, their win-loss record, the teams that they've been able to win against are Kwandong Freaks, bottom of the tier team, DRX, the I, I would say the worst team in the LCK at the moment, and Brian, who are also like bottom, middle of the pack team, and then the T1 victory. And then the teams that they've lost against are Live Sandbox, top tier team, KT Rolster, a top mid team, Gen G, a top tier team, and D plus Kia, a top tier team. So is this team good or are they lucky? Because I think this would look very different if they had lost to T1 and they had a three and five record. That way, nobody would be questioning that. Oh, no, this team is actually just bad that they can only beat the bottom tier teams and they cannot punch above their weight. But the, that, that question becomes difficult, that answer becomes difficult to say when they do have that win over T1. And, and regardless of whether or not you say that it is, it is a false win based off of the pretense of, like, T1 did not seem like they gave a single fuck during that series, it's still, it's still applicable to the situation. You still have to talk about the fact that they yeah. did win that series. And what does that mean for this team going forward? Are they actually good? Or are they going to get into playoffs and then burn out and lose immediately? Do you think it was like a a players needing to find their groove first kind of deal? I think it was a Clid needed to stop running at the fuck down kind of deal. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. like Clid looks like the mo like one of the most illegal, disgusting junglers in the world in in these first couple of games, man. And the only wins that that this team ended up picking up early on in the season, oh my god. Kingen and Zeka had to literally 1v9 carry Clid's dead fucking rotting corpse across the finish line. 
Like, I, I, I am talking, like, actually having to 2v5 the enemy team at Baron. I'm talking about actually needing to pull off, like, a 2v5 backdoor against enemy teams. Like, it was so fucking disgusting watching these te this team play for the longest time. And Clid just was just throwing every single game that they were in. He was doing terrible ganks. His God. tempo was off. His time errors were, like, really bad. He was doing dragon in the most illegal spots. He was playing fights miserably. Like, this guy did not look like he was playing the same video game, man. <laughs> That's awful. And it seems like he's been reined in. Like, maybe he got a stern talking to by the coaches and his team because he <laughs> is not doing as badly at the moment. But he definitely is not looking like a superstar jungler where people were kind of anticipating him to be at when they saw this roster in the first place, especially when you think about how strong his lanes are. Because a jungler really looks really... A jungler always looks better on a winning team than he does, like on a losing team, which, which obviously, but like a really good jungler on a losing team still looks worse than a mediocre jungler on a good team. I think that's the way to put it. And Clid has looked like a dog shit jungler in every rendition of this team so far in their wins and their losses. He looks like the primary reason why they are losing games and the primary reason why winning games is so tough. The goddamn arch enemy. It, 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 he he is the imposter. He is the Among Us or whatever. <laughs> the imposter. <laughs> the Among Us. Oh my gosh. But that is definitely something that needs to be looked at in the LCK. Like, is this team actually good or is this team actually bad? And and we'll see it as the season shakes up and they have rematches against some of the top teams because their losses are very much decisive losses. I don't think I've seen them lose a close series. But I've definitely seen them win a close series where it's tooth and nail and they should not be winning. Or the enemy team throws at some point and they just happen to get that coin flip in their direction and they win. So, in, in my personal opinion, HLE, they, they're kind of dog. They're kind of dog. Not going to lie. Hopefully more games reveal evidence. Hopefully. Yeah, watch them be top tier. I swear. Maybe I'm a liar, man. Maybe maybe they're <laughs> trying to make me out to be Agent a liar. Yeah. You are a liar. Just kidding. <laughs> um but then that brings me to our last topic in the lck which is um drx is really really bad <laughs> mode and it's it's a weird conversation to have because the organization gets credited with the win where they say yes drx is a world champion but yes. only one player from the main roster is still a part of your yep. org your substitute is there who played during your regular season and not during world when you won and then your head coach is in north america coaching FlyQuest. yeah so there's basically nothing of the world championship team left in the organization and uh, lo and behold when they picked up these scraps from everywhere else they did not end up doing very well. They really had the Dragon Balls on their team during Worlds. Yeah. Motherfuckers just up and left after they granted them that wish, man. Well, it wasn't really, like, and, and that, that brings it back to, like, the conversation of, like, it wasn't really their decision to leave. Yeah, yeah. But still, this team is just so bad, man. And no matter where you point to on this team... You're always going to point 
you, you can literally point at any of these players and say they're the problem. And I think that's the biggest issue where you have Rascal in the top lane, who is, I would say, pretty consistently a decent top laner throughout his splits, but he is not playing as, as consistently as you have seen him in the past. Croco does not look like he plays jungle. Um, Fate is just... I don't even know what he's doing or what he's thinking, to be honest. His plays are, he just feels like he's choking. Like, he, he, it feels like he has the weight of being on a world championship team and it's just crushing him and he's not performing well. And then, like, Doc Tom and Beryl look like the most unsynchronized bot lane in the world. Where they neither of them knows what they want to do in the bot lane, neither of them knows how to play the video game, and they're just kind of losing every two v two they take. And Gosh. you can tell that there's definitely some nerves and some issues with this team when they don't even ban their last champion during the pick ban phase. What? Yeah. So recently in one of their games, they were going through the pick bans, and on their last ban card. They just banned nothing. They did um, not. Ironically, like this they, is strategic. No, they just didn't click on a champion and they banned nothing. Oh. It was their series against T1. Now you Were can make the argument. That's T1. I, you, yeah, you can make the argument that's T1 and there are not enough bans in the world to make you win against that team when you were the bottom of the pact. But still, you would think that at least for the sake of sponsorships and appearance that you, a world championship organization, would at least look to ban something? In the sake of trying to win the game. Or at least look like you're trying to win the game, because when you don't ban something, it kind of looks like you're rolling over to die, and you don't care. Yeah. That's funny. What? (laughs) Wow. I don't think I've ever heard of that happen before, they just fucking don't ban. (laughs) That's kind of silly, what the fuck? Yeah. Thinking, like, was it a we just weren't looking gap or what? I don't know, man. They just, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell. I think they did an interview afterwards, and their coach and uh, their mid laner fate both said, like, yeah, no, like, we figured that it was just better not to ban anything or something. And they gave some excuse. And I'm like, huh? You're, you're, fucking, right like, you're a fucking liar, man. Like, first of all, you're, 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 you're a fucking liar. Nobody believes you. Just say that you didn't ban something. Say that you fucking choked. I would have I would have well respected you for saying, yeah, no, we fucking choked our draft. We lost the game and we didn't ban our R5. Over, no, it was a strategic choice. It was not a fucking strategic choice to not ban something, man. Like, I'm sorry. You're not, you're not strategically not taking you. something out of the game. I don't yeah. know what you gain from not banning something. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it was, it was weird, but like, the worst part is, it feels like this team should have the pieces that they need to put together at least a decent squad. Where like your top laner should be consistent. You have a very, very good, I would say, ADC on your team, and then a two-time world champion support. But there's just something missing with these five players. Maybe it's the fact that they've never played together before and they were all from different organizations before they came here to DRX. Maybe it's the crushing weight and anxiety of knowing that you're playing on a world championship team or whatever, but they are just playing. They're playing Smite. They're not playing League of Legends. They're playing a different video game. (laughs) We on the moon right now. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It it's sad to see this org kind of fall apart, but <sighs> that's all that I have to say about DRX. Moving on, we have the LPL. We have the Chinese Professional League, and China looks fucking strong right now. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I will still say that I think Korea is still probably the strongest league overall, but China looks damn close in their best games, I should say, to Korea. So... The first thing I want to talk about is this Invictus Gaming team. This team looks so fucking good, man. They look so fucking dominant. And in my opinion, it all kind of seems to be off of the back of this player that you should know, and it's YSKM or you should know me. This guy seems like arguably one of the best hands-checking top laners in the entire world. He is winning fights, 1v1 killing, 1v2 killing the enemy top top jungle duos over and over again. And he's doing it with style and on champions that are very mechanically intensive. And I can liken it back to like the shy when he was really, really good and not and hadn't lost his mind. And you could say that this team is comparable to the 2018 Invictus Gaming that literally won Worlds. They they look very, very clean. They are hands-checking every team in, in China and winning, and I don't know. There's not enough that, you can, that I can say. You just honestly just have to watch their games. You just have to watch their games. You need to sit down. You need to watch YSKM, and you need to think how good this team actually is because depending on what happens in these next couple of games that they're going to be playing, we might see them get completely exposed and maybe they aren't as good as people are putting them out to be. Maybe they're not as good as I'm putting them out to be. Or maybe they're going to just dominate the other top teams in the league because their next series of games is against top esports, JDG, Weibo Gaming. Arguably the three other strongest teams in the entirety of the LPL and depending on how they play out these games they could either be the best team in China or perhaps they get exposed and YSKM isn't nearly as good as I'm saying that he is but I think he is as good as I'm saying he is a baller ass name by the way <laughs> yes right dude like why is like how sick is that man how sick is that you should know that's a fucking slogan or a, a, like a name brand in the uh, you can make so much of that i don't know that's fucking sick yes i agree the brand value of that name is a theme oh uh but next in china we have the rise of weibo gaming now weibo is a team that kind of surprised me when they announced their uh their pickups so first of all in the top lane they do have the shy the man the myth the legend they have uh, Karsa in the jungle, Xiaohu off of RNG onto Weibo Gaming, and then they have Light and Crisp in the bot lane. And this team is like made up of very, very strong components. Like This team looks really, really good on paper, but there was always the question of whether or not they are going to actually be that good because super teams typically do not do well when they are put together. But Weibo Gaming looks like the real deal. Sure, there are issues where the Shy is still running it the fuck down, but... Other than that, they still look really good. Xiaohu is looking perhaps in some of his best form that we've seen him in 
in a long time, and Karsa is a very, very intelligent jungler, and he is out jungling basically everybody that he's been playing against. And then Light and Crisp are definitely doing their job playing bot lane. It's hard to talk about many bot laners right now because bot lane meta is so fucking boring, but they are definitely very consistent. And that consistency is very good when you have a literal fucking inter on the top side of the map with the shy. And I'm calling him an inter, oh but like he's also just... He pushes the envelope of aggression so, so far to the point where it's like... You're not teetering on the edge of like winning or losing fights. You are sprinting to that edge, and then jumping off and plummeting <laughs> to, 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 to just dying randomly or outplaying. Deficit. Like, he's, he's either, he either looks like the best player on the team, or he looks like he's griefing them. <laughs> like, he got a God. PayPal, and, he, and he's going to lose the <laughs> game on purpose. Sent it through. <laughs> yeah. Got the payment, sir. But this team is, like, surprisingly very well balanced. I think Xiaohu also really helps with that because Xiaohu, I would say, is one of the best mid laners in the world overall. Especially, like, it's surely one of the most storied players in the world. And I think the consistency that mid and bot bring to this team is definitely making up for the issues that the Shy may be having occasionally, but then in those games where the Shy is able to pop off and do really, really well, it just seems like a well-oiled machine that is running down anything in its way. And the last point for the LPL is just a quick shout-out to JDG, who are doing very, very well, and they have arguably the best AD carry in the entire world on their team, ruler now if you hear that name and you also hear jdg in the same sentence you think oh gen g versus jdg no 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 gen g gen g's world-class ad carry from last year is now playing on the jdg roster and is absolutely dominating the chinese ad carry pool and showing them exactly why he was toted as top one top two adcs in the entire world all of last year and he is just speed running the LPL AD carry bot lanes and just leaving. He's eating and leaving no crumbs, as the kids would say these days. But that's all I have for the LPL. So let's move on to the greatest region in League of Legends, guys. The best Propaganda. region, number one. There's nobody even close. We're talking about the LCS, of course, guys. Yeah. Boy, of course. howdy, do we have some stuff happening in the LCS. So, first yeah. off, we have a 6-0 and completely undefeated team, and that is none other than FlyQuest. Oh, my God, does this team look insane in the LCS, man. Yeah. Like, they are I... taking names. Taking fucking names, man. Like you, I think it, the point that you brought up the most is that their macro is like I've seen, I've seen good. It they have not tripped the issue that I've been seeing between teams that haven't done well, which is bad draft and not getting objectives. Is what I've seen most commonly between a lot of these teams. And what's been fucking them over pretty hard. <laughs> and they've been doing the opposite of bad drafting. <laughs> and they've been doing the opposite of getting no objectives. I mean, it helps when you have 
I would say one of the best junglers in in LCS yeah. history on your team. And I I I say this all the time, and I'm gonna keep saying it until somebody until Speaker himself tells me to shut the fuck up. But Speaker <laughs> looked like the best jungler in the league on the worst team in the league last year. And now that he's on an actually good team with good pieces and players around him, he still looks like one of the best junglers in the league. He is matching other junglers. He is getting objectives. He is making plays. Yeah. And you can make the argument that, like, oh, he's just spamming Maokai and fucking, like, Amumu Sejuani. But, like, that's the meta. And he's also looking he's damn still... good doing it. Right. He's doing, like, fundamental jungle things that's winning the game. Like, he's yeah. always there for every objective. He's, like, getting good vision in the jungles. Good posturing. So that you're not in your team. Yeah, I I mean, he's been doing really well, and I think all of FlyQuest has been doing really well. Impact continues to impress after 10 years of League of Legends play. Vikla looks like the best mid laner in the entire LCS right now, hands diffing literally everyone. <laughs> and in one of their more recent games, it was funny because Jojo Pune was talking all this shit about FlyQuest and how he's going to shit on Vikla and like all that shit Gosh. that Jojo Pune always does. And then Jojo Pune proceeds to die first blood to Vikla in five minutes. So, I don't know. And then, let's let's talk about the best part of FlyQuest there. Fucking bot lane, because holy god, does this bot laner look like a monster? Guys, Prince looks like... Prince oh my god, nasty, yeah, I've heard a lot man. about him. This guy is... He's not playing the same game. Like, the way that I was talking about DRX not playing the same game, where they're playing fucking Smite and, like, they don't even know what's going on in League of Legends, like, they're not even on Summoner's Rift. <laughs> Prince is, like, not playing the same game in which, like, he feels like he's playing a fucking bot game when he's, he's playing, playing against League these two, people. Bro. He's playing League 2. He's in the future looking past at us. Like, he is beyond fucking impressive, and I, I said this in my analysis of all the LCS teams, but Prince has this killer instinct that many ADCs tend to lack, and they the ADCs get caught up in like, oh, I need to be passive, I need to play back, I need to do what's what's necessary for my team and do consistent damage. Prince is like, fuck that, I'm going to Kai'Sa ult in, I'm going to Arcane Shift in your fucking face, I'm going to do as much damage as possible, yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to touch me, dude. You're not going to come close to me. I will, I will Kai'Sa ult Killer Instinct into three people on my own, and I will get out after killing two of you. I do not care. It is wild how good this guy is playing. Yeah, he knows his numbers really well and takes the risks. Dude, everything's Fucking calculated. Player that man. always take the risks, man. He's really, really. Well, maybe good. they're not even risks. They're, as you said, they're calculated. They're highly yeah, calculated you know the numbers. risks. Yeah. <sighs> and I am gonna gush for a second though because. In their latest FlyQuest game, they played against 100 Thieves, and there's this whole story about how oh. Prince was used to be a top laner, and then one day he sat down and watched Doublelift play League of Legends, and in that moment he knew that he needed to switch and play AD Carry so that he could play like this guy named Doublelift. And I'm like, I'm choking up talking about this because it's so emotional and cute and wholesome, but like... Prince got to play Doublelift for the first time on the professional stage, and he won. He beat Doublelift. And I I think Holy. before this game, oh, yeah. Doublelift was a kill leader in the LCS. He was leading the league in kills. And then after this game, Doublelift went 0-5, and, and Prince had 11 kills. And it, he is definitely now, Prince is definitely now the kill leader in the LCS. And he was able to overcome 
the person that inspired him to play the game. And there's a bunch of interviews and stuff that happened after the game. And like they did a Jersey swap and stuff. And basically the entire time he's doing this, the entire time he's talking and he's next to double. If he's saying like double, if you are my star, you are my inspiration. You are the right. reason why I play this game still. And the entire, and he like, he's in tears. He's crying. Cause he's getting to meet his hero for the first time after just bodying him on stage. And, <laughs> It, it was so cute, and it's so wholesome, and it's so nice. And he did an interview with, with Travis Gafford and Doublelift after the game as well. And Travis is, like, trying to egg him on, trying to get him to, like, talk shit. And, like, he and, and the entire time, Prince is like, no, 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 no. No, I don't you think don't I'm, understand. I, he's like, I don't think I'm the best AD carry in the league. I think Doublelift is the best AD carry in the league. I, I, I don't think I'm that good. Like, I think, I'm, I, I think I have a lot of work to do to be the best still. And like the entire time he's doing that, double is like, like, no, dude, you are the best ADC in the league. <laughs> you are Psycho. the best ADC. You are better than me, and you shat on me, and it's always a pleasure to play against you. I feel like I learn a lot playing against you. And you can see how emotional Prince is when when Double says this stuff to him. It's oh my so gosh. cute. It's so cute. I love it so much. That's so adorable. Yeah, I loved watching that. That was so cute. Oh. I was I was choking up trying watching that. That was so. It was amazing. <laughs> Dude, and, and after that day, okay, Prince went and he streamed uh, some games after that day of games, and he was wearing the double lift jersey that he got. Yeah, I saw that screenshot. <laughs> and, oh my god! He spent like the first half of his stream watching old double lift clips and gushing over them with his with his chat. Yeah, like, it was. It's so fucking cute, man. It's so fucking cute. Um. But yeah, <laughs> on topic a little I bit. Love, I love that so much. Oh no, me like too. He, oh, it, it was God. that's such a huge game for him. And like I was thinking about this the whole time that Doublelift had so much hype behind him mm-hmm. coming into this game. Yep. And like for that, for the way that they won, by the way, yes. like it, it, it wasn't even close. <laughs> like the the their only win condition was. On them. Tenacity needed to do really well, and he did do really well, but not good enough to yeah. outplay all of FlyQuest. Right, right. But like, oh my gosh, that was that was just such a like that's just a colossal dub. Like yeah. that's just one to be proud of. Absolutely, that I that, love that there. I I'm going to. There are very few games that I would go back and I would rewatch because I feel like after I watch a game once and then like reviewing it as I'm going along, I don't ever really need to watch it again. Mm. I would go back and I would rewatch that 100th FlyQuest game for the just knowing how important this game is to Prince is what makes it important to me to watch That's again. It's an iconic game now. People we're definitely going to be talking about that again later this like later this yeah. year. I agree. I 100%. Agree. We're, we'll we'll be talking about it and then uh there are a few games that I think are ever going to go down in history as being in, in like terribly important to players, but this one's definitely going to be one that people are going to talk about for a long time in the LCS, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but moving on from just talking about the... Uh, from just talking about the best team in the LCS... Let's talk about the worst team in the LCS because we have a six and O team, but we also have a zero six team, and the zero six team is Dignitas, and oh boy, where do we start? First of all, this team should be better. 
For all intents and purposes, it should be better. They have Armut in the top lane, Santorin in the jungle. They have Jensen in the mid lane, and then they have Spawn and supposed to be Ignar in the support position, but it is currently uh, being filled by Biofrost. And I don't know, man. I don't know how to talk about this team because they just look like dog shit. Nothing they do works. Everything feels like it's falling apart. And a lot of people are pointing towards the Dignitas bot lane, which I do think is totally fair. They are getting absolutely bodied every single game that they have played so far. They have not won a single a single bot lane matchup. It, it really feels like their bot lane is so bad at controlling waves, and they're so bad at getting advantages that they are getting dove at from anywhere from three to seven minutes at least twice in every single game that they play. Do, do people just know? Yes, I mean, everyone like, Yeah, just go, just go bot, bro. It's it, fine. Everybody just knows that their bot minutes. lane is bad. And, it, and the worst part is, like, later. like, Jensen and Santorin are sometimes moving to cover these dives, but it's just, like, it's so absurdly lost already in the bot lane that it doesn't even matter if they're there. And it just feels like extra gold showing up for, for the, oh whatever God, team they're yeah. playing against to, to pick up. And it's it's just it's so horrendous to to, to see this happen, and it's and it, it begs the question of like how do we fix this team, man? And it's like uh, no clue. <laughs> I I think one of the questions, uh, the reason why that question is so important is because when you look at this team on paper, you have three big names, and you think, oh, surely this team is going to be pretty good. But then you think about it a little bit more, and you think Armut, who is um criticized for having a champion puddle and can't really play anything except for Nar. Dino Nar, Gentleman Nar, um, Snow Day Nar, Nar. And <laughs> Super Galaxy Nar, Early on. <laughs> and like, <laughs> he is a facilitating top laner, man. He he plays the game to help his team. Then you have Santorin, who is also a heavily facilitating jungler, known for his unique gank paths and 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 uh, jungling style, where he shows up to get his lanes ahead. And then you have Jensen, whose most iconic champion is fucking Orianna. He is not a carry player. He he does not play into the Silas and like Akali matchups particularly well. He is almost always a facilitator for your team. So you have three strong facilitating players on the top side of your map who you have to play for. It's your bot lane. Who do you have in the bot lane? Spawn. The worst just so like a not good ADC, man. Just a not good ADC that basically nobody has any expectations for. And if you're playing for your bot lane, they need to be able to at the very least set up ganks well and wave manage well. But they're just not. They're letting they are letting the lanes get ahead of themselves. They are letting waves stack against them, and then they're letting themselves get dove at four minutes. Like it's disgusting how they're playing. And it's like how do you fix this team? Well, you need one of your facilitators to start picking up carries, but you're not going to put fucking Armut on Fiora. You're not going to put, like, Jens uh, Jensen on, like, the Yone, because we all saw how well that happened last year, and you're not really going to want Centaurin to play Kindred. You want them on their best picks. You want them on their facilitators. Yeah. So either somebody needs to do something about this fucking bot lane, or they're just going to go the entire season 0-18. and 18. Do we have any subs? Biofrost is their sub, and he's playing on the team right now because their support's in fucking Canada. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, it's so rough for them, man. And I wanted this team to be great. I really did. 
I, I think that like this team has has the potential to be really good, but I don't know. They're just not doing well. And like the the I think maybe like the quote unquote easy fix is like replace your ADC and then play a better lane towards bot. But then even well money, but also you, you do still have a very Warriors. weak top side in the fact that Armut is very inconsistent in his performance. <clears throat> so it's like, is that really going to fix the problem, or are you just better off learning how to play the game better? <laughs> because at that point it, it may just be better to have this zero six learning experience and then hopefully pick up what you're doing poorly and actually learn from it and do better yeah. next time <laughs> because the season honestly at this point feels pretty fucking lost maybe uh that is a good point um but that's what's going on with dig but other than the last place team and the first place team there is a pretty there's a pretty tough race for second place in the LCS where you have three very good teams i would say right in the middle, which are Evil Geniuses, Cloud9, and 100 Thieves. And I don't know, man. These teams are all pretty good. None of them really stick out as being particularly impressive, at least to me. I think maybe Evil Geniuses is the most impressive in, in terms of, like, their early game is so clean. Like, their movements are so good in the early game inspired looks like the smartest jungler in the lcs right now overall his ganks are super creative and he's doing really really well getting a lot of early leads for his team and then the question mark ping comes from like what are they doing in the mid game because they are generating 7k gold leads and then they are losing those leads in the course of a two minute period of time so what is going on in their mid game that is making them lose games and a lot of people are pointing towards Jojo for getting caught in the sidelines, which I think is fair. He did really poorly his first week back to the LCS, but he has since picked up and been a little bit more consistent for the team. And I think overall, EG looks really, really good. And they did just also take out one of the other second place contenders, which is Cloud9 in their in their best of one uh, this last weekend. And what was a very slow game, but it was a slow game to the point where like it's i hate saying it like phrasing it like this but it was a slow game up until it wasn't and when it wasn't a slow game anymore evil geniuses like took the ball and fucking sprinted away with it and ended up closing out the game very very cleanly against cloud nine showing superior macro and a better like just a better con overall control of the tempo of the game that sounds valid yeah i agree with that that's like I feel like everybody would say that C9 is solid and looks solid by by like just looking at them, but they they're just lacking something like in general. It it's weird because people came into this season saying that Berserker is probably going to be the best ADC in the league, and I think but... that is still definitely something that's in conversation, but we've seen him play a lot of Ash. Yeah. We've seen him play a lot of facilitating AD carries, and he's not on that hyper carry style that we all kind of know him for. And he did get one hyper carry game on the Zeri where he yeah, got a pentakill. Zeri Lulu bot. Yeah, he he got a pentakill in twenty minutes, and like that was really really good. But overall, he's just been playing a very passive, laid back ADC game where he's more so doing 
he like he's sitting back and he's doing his DPS, but like you don't point to him and say he's the carry of the team most of these games. You're really looking at uh, at, at their top lane and Fudge being the primary carrier for this squad and his pop-off games in the top lane on the Cassantes and the Fioras of the world. Yeah. But when Fudge isn't on those carries, the team just looks a little bit more lost. Or when he's not able to generate the leads that he has been able to so far, I should say. Right. We'll find counters for that stuff eventually, and then they got to figure something out. Yeah. yeah. And that brings us to our last second place contender, which is 100 Thieves. And 100 Thieves has definitely looked good, and there definitely is no question that they are deserving of this spot. But they do seem like the least worthy of the second place team, and that if these three teams were to kind of bundle out at some point, 100 Thieves feels like they may just place fourth. And there are questions about, like, Busio looks like the weakest member on 100 Thieves, which you can say is expected because he is coming up from Academy. But it really does feel like he is one of the primary reasons why they get into deficits and why they start losing games, whether it's his map movements aren't very clean or he's just looking for things that shouldn't be fightable or he's just getting caught out on his own. And the leads that are being generated for having your support off on the map are pretty devastating considering how important it is to have your support on the map constantly doing stuff. Yeah. With that I being saw a lot of like level three blowups early game, like yeah. gets caught by a hook and then oh gone goodbye, yeah. and then oh now we have to sit back for like a good minute for you to come back. The, the funny way down from there. The funny way that Doublelift has been putting it on his reviews of his games is like it feels like Alan Busio is allergic to using his flash button. Uh, he's he just, like me for real. Yeah, he's just like he's so overly confident about not needing to use that that he just gets himself caught and he dies and then the game it becomes difficult. Um, you can also point to tenacity as being a very volatile point of this team, and I think that is also to be expected because he is the other rookie to join the team. And tenacity almost looks like he's being too aggressive at times in their team liquid game. It honestly looked like Tenacity was trying really, really fucking hard to give Team Liquid the win. <laughs> he was running into the enemy team 1v5. He was getting caught under towers. He was just not doing very good in, in, in oh terms of like his team fight movements. And he was just really trying to lose a game for them. But Doublelift is just too good, and, and, and they were able to just win. But Tenacity seems very volatile in the top lane. And I think that is... Not only to be expected because he's a rookie, but because when he was playing in Academy, he was playing one of the most hard carry roles for that 100 Thieves Academy squad. He was one of the carries for them. He played like the Renektons and the, and the Fioras and the Camilles. And it just begs the question of whether or not he's able to play those champions into the best top laners in this in this league. And so far from what I've seen, the answer is, I don't know, maybe... So, we'll, okay. we'll maybe the more right. we see out of him, perhaps we will see him sort of become more consistent and and find his place in the top laner pantheon that is that is the LCS. Copium, copium. But other than that, like Bjergsen, honestly, seems like he's been playing absolutely insane. His Talia walls have been really, really good. His Zillion is always as clean as possible, and like he is looking to not only make plays, but he is forcing 
he's forcing mistakes from the enemy teams that he's playing against by putting up really good weavers walls, by having good shuffles, by having like the gravity field and the chaos storm just cutting off points of like tension in team fights. He is making opportunities for his team to to generate leads in fights. And he's on like he's quietly perhaps the best <laughs> and it's going to sound weird. He's quietly the best support on the team. More so than Closer is, yeah. more so than Busio is. He is quietly becoming not necessarily a playmaker, but the 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 best person to play around for the 100 Thieves team in terms of where are we looking to have a team fight occur. And productive. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been consistently one of the best mid laners in the league and like you can say that last year he didn't have a great performance, but I I think that hunt, that that team liquid team had a lot more issues than just maybe Bjergsen wasn't playing super well. But that is that that's really all I have to say about 100 Thieves. I mean, Closer still looks really really good and Doublelift honestly does seem like a top 380 carry in the league. So. Yeah. Who would have guessed Doublelift being a good ADC? Yeah. But that's no all I have here. for LOL Esports stuff. What was that? Oh, nothing. You're good. Okay. Uh, but that's all I have for LOL Esports stuff. That was a lot of talking on my part. So <laughs> let's move on to the next team chat topic. Our 13.3 reactions to some of the stuff that's been happening on this patch. So first off, Asol got released in his new form and... He has kind of been taking over the game, and first of all, there have been some bugs with the champion. Um, more than a few. He got, uh, disabled earlier today, from what I saw when I was logging on the league for the day. Yeah, so there was a bug where you could infinitely cast his ultimate when it was on oh. cooldown while you were using your E. And then there was another bug where if Viego kills a soul. Viego no longer has cooldowns and will constantly be in Aurelian Souls E animation moving that and gliding. That is so fucking funny. Yeah, and there was also the issue of, like, he would deal infinite damage to people, and you would walk away from him or he would die, and you would still be taking damage from Aurelian Soul, even though he was nowhere near you or he was literally fucking dead. It's fucked up. So this champion Dude, has not been very up. like his he, stuff like his Q also looks a little fucky and gang too. Like the uh I've seen it, yeah. It's a little weird looking because his head just doesn't it doesn't smoothly move right now. Kind of like yeah. jolting to the side. Yeah, there are definitely some issues with this champion, and I don't know if I have seen a game with Aurelian Soul in it so far that hasn't had at least one of these bugs happen <laughs> in it. So my reaction to Aurelian Soul so far has been, that is definitely a cool rework. <laughs> yeah. I played one game of it. It is, even though I didn't experience any of the bugs, I haven't actually seen it any in-game. Um, probably because I haven't played much League recently. Um, this is probably the most fun I've had on a champion in years. Well, maybe not years, because Gwen existed like two years ago. But this rework feels so fucking fun. It actually fulfills the fantasy of like a, a flying, maybe not fire breathing, but, you know, breathing dragon. Yeah. It's just so cool. Because like, well, I didn't play him like he walks up to you and he like one shots you with his Q. I was playing him jungle and I would like come in from like a random gank angle and just be cast like 
breathing on people. And that was just, it just felt so cool, man. I feel like ASL Jungle is cool as hell. Yeah, I think they just hotfixed nerfed it. Yeah, they just hotfixed nerfed it so he cannot be played in the jungle, Sag. Damn. Because, like, (laughs) it did not work very well, but they hotfixed it so it it still doesn't work. My question is, like, what's. What do we do after pressing W and Q, homie? Like, well, what's, uh, the, what's the gameplay? Uh, like, I, I just didn't see anything. When I, when I was watching videos and, like, clips of it, all I saw was somebody, like, alt W queuing into someone. And, like, it would cut to the next clip. Alt W queuing into someone you know, next clip. It's very one-dimensional feeling, yeah. I would say. Yes. I, I was like, this is... Well, it feels cool, but it is very one yeah, yeah. I, I really like the abilities, though, like, looking at them individually. Yeah, Flavor Boys are great. It's so weird seeing him without the stars orbiting him anymore. Yeah. But also, what's the counterplay for our characters that don't have hard CC? Yeah, yeah it did feel bad at some points. So like, what do we do? Or even, like, late game, like, the Misfortune game I was talking about where I was, like, half asleep. I would be halfway across the map. And you guys know the alt shockwave, right? How it's, like, yes. literally half the map. Yes. Late game, that shit one-shot me. Ew. <laughs> I was Last nowhere near time. the fight. I just <laughs> cast it, and I was dead. I built a fucking dead man's. So I didn't... Oh I, so God. I had the health to... I know it's not MR, but... So I had the health to... I, I gave away my uh my boots for dead man, so I had the health to survive it. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> it was bad. I shat on an A-Soul with Vladimir, though. I, yeah. I, I think it's a matter of like he's really squishy early, so you can't you oh, can't yeah. very much him abuse him like in I the early really stages of the game. Early. And his trading pattern is like like we said, very one dimensional. So I I definitely think there is like counterplay. I don't think he feels like a Kiana on release or anything like that, where it just felt like you got one shot for existing in the, on, on the same plane as her. Yeah, where it's like I don't know. You, if you can generate an early game lead against Aurelian Soul, he does. He, he needs time to ramp up, and without that, without giving him a second to breathe, he will just keel over and be the most useless champion on any given team. Yeah, yeah for, it's yeah. very, very, like very Easter like the old Day Soul too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But the old Day Soul definitely had parts where, like, you can build Everfrost on him back in the Glacial Augment uh, era. Twin Shadows era. Mm-hmm. You could do that. Uh, GLP and Twin Shadows. You can do Everfrost. You have Rylize. Now it's just he doesn't have this constant thing that can always proc it even when he doesn't have mana. So it's, there's a little bit of utility gun, so it's even worse than it was before. Because like all he's got is his Q. He can walk around on, over things now, I guess. <laughs> um, but it takes away that aspect of the champion. It feels more like a control battle mage kind of mixture i don't know it reminds me of rumble yeah it does remind me of rumble true you are right well those are our reactions to a soul let's move on to the next 3.13.3 reaction which is holy fuck annie guys what the fuck happened to that champion went from a 49.47% win rate to a 57.77% win rate what i know somebody would be happy about that shit it was stupid (laughs) dude all that ap scaling that they gave it 
I've played against one Annie because it's been getting permabanded in most of my games. And I, that one Annie that we played against was, first of all, played fucking support. And then second of all, still fucking one-shot everybody on our team and then didn't yeah, die. Really. TJ and I were talking about it on last week's episode. Some of those scalings are kind of fucking crazy. They were <laughs> wild, dog. Especially, like, considering that you just go full AP, fuck it. Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's it just looks ridiculous. Like Tibbers has to be Tibbers just got out of so people. much better. Literally unkillable. Yeah, no, your best oh chance God, is to run away. Especially if you take him down in the bot lane, because you you probably wouldn't be able to kill him fast enough. He's just wailing on your ass after she <laughs> dies. Yeah, I was like, uh, May said your best chance is to run away. What happens in the hip island? You just die. You don't run away. You can't run away. You just fucking play dead. You don't actually speed up. You're just dead. (laughs) You're just dead. Yeah. That's wild. I not realize her (laughs) win rate went up almost eight fucking or more than (laughs) fucking percent. That's crazy. That a few changes to not even her Q or W did this. But I'm pretty sure she got or is going to get hotfix right or has hotfix. Yes. Um, so that's at least good. I don't know what her win rate is Oish. now, but I know that there's some <laughs> some fucking hot fixes. There's some bullshit going on with that champion, and it will cease to exist soon, we hope. Yeah. Copium. Copium. <laughs> um, but the next part of 13.3 is, do we, do we think these melee support buffs did anything or, or will do anything as, as we move further into the meta? No, I haven't oh. seen any. <laughs> I think on a smaller scale, yeah, I think they're a little more playable now. But I haven't really seen any to make to like have any judgment on it. Because like I've seen Alistar one game and just felt the same. Yeah, it does so. feel like the only change that I've seen is Alistar being played in solo lane. Like I actually have not that seen him my... bot lane. I've only seen him top and mid. That mm. was my like concept about this buff is that they were literally like overall champion buffs i feel like pike out of all the characters that were on that list got the most i think pike and brahm got the most like utility um buffs because i think they got like stun values changed and like stun um what did brahm get he got the levels reduced for the time on his stun and it's like those those were actual like supportive buffs, but then everybody else just got like straight up damage or this scalings like that they didn't even use or scaling. Like, I was like, are people just gonna play this solo lane or just go into the jungle or some shit? <laughs> Why would this ever make people want to play <laughs> support? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I also just think like in terms of how important objectives are in the meta is right now. It's just like. Why would you even still look to play these champions when, like, Ash is still untouched and, like, Heimerdinger is still, like, mostly untouched? Like, these champions got a little bit nerfed, but they did not get nerfed to the point where they are unplayable because we still see them basically every game. Yeah. On top of, yeah, like, those champions in Harry Counters still being strong, like like the Lulus of the world and stuff like that. Right, right. But then it's, like... Those aren't the melee supports. 
what our melee support's going to do about this. Exactly. So, so in my opinion, I don't think these changes are going to do anything until we <laughs> see a lot of hits to the range supports that we're seeing right now. And I believe I saw a rumor about 13.4 having a fuck ton of changes to the spell thief items, making it so they are way less impactful and way more difficult to proc, and then having the uh, the relic shield ones being buffed. So perhaps we will see a change. The healing back, but. Yes, the, the healing is increased. Back. Oh, oh no, sure, not, 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 not on the kill. HP, bro. It's not that big of a deal. Please put it back. <laughs> uh but yeah. That that's all I have for 13.3. Any last uh, any last sentiments about 13.3, guys? Um I like the ADC pacing. Feel a lot stronger now. That's true. ADCs do good. feel really, really good. Uh, but let's move on from 13.3 and talk about our last team chat topic, which is Latigris is currently taking a break from the LCS. Now, there were there was the issue that I wasn't here to, to talk about last week, so I do want to clear up a couple of things. Um, number one, this was a planned product. This was not something that they just threw together because there was a delay. This was something that they had pre... And that's what I was not hoping for. Yes. So this is something that they chose to do. They wrote... Gabby herself, Latigris, was the one who wrote and headed this segment. But with that being... But but with that being said, it was still Riot's decision to put that on broadcast. And it did have to go through rooms and rooms of like directors and people to give a green light to it so she cannot be the one wholly blamed for how awful it came off this is my idea the entire time that like riot and everybody involved fucked up yes absolutely twitter being twitter i'm sure she got most like 99 percent. she got almost all of it and and the worst part is and there are two parts to this worst part bit number one lena uh the xtsm part owner and like one of the, the the biggest people from TSM, and also Doublelift himself, Lena's girlfriend, gave the Tigress a lot of shit, and basically there was a fire that was lit, and then they threw gasoline on that fire, and it became very very bad very quickly. Um, and then at, also the Tigress gave her apology and whatnot for it but riot did not give their apology until hours later after it had died down a little bit so all of the primary fire went to latigris and riot took almost none of sanity yes um they basically let her be the scapegoat for the entire fucking thing and there was a lot of obviously a lot of issue with that and people are having issues with that which is good there is people like expressing their backlash to these decisions and all of this you know in in accumulation with everybody flaming her and making the situation worse and like giving death threats over a tsm segment and whatnot it's the elite community baby yes i don't even want to imagine what kind of foul horrors are in there in that inbox yeah oh no i'm sure it's awful in there man yeah, and with all that put together, she has decided to step away from the LCS for the time being. With that being said, she is still, I think she did a few, she was like co-streaming some of it, and she did end up going out with Avalime and Lena 
the other night and they had a heart to heart conversation about everything that happened and they seem to have worked everything out between them, which is good. So adult situation. They they talked like fucking adults. They went out for drinks and they they, they had it. They had it out like people. And that's what you love to see. Humanity, nature is healing or whatever. But (laughs) that does not stop Twitter from also still just being generally horrible because not only was this a really bad segment and was she heading it, but the overall league community is people do not like La Tigris. They do not think that she's particularly interesting. They don't think that she adds very much anything to the LCS broadcast. And they don't think that she's particularly talented or useful. And I, I think that some of her criticism is fair. I think there is the issue of La Tigris is being pulled in too many directions. Where you have like the analyst desk, you have interviewers, you have casters... And she gets pulled in between all three of them and doesn't get an opportunity to sit down and just do one of them. Where, like, you don't see Captain Flowers interviewing players after games or sitting on the analyst desk. And you also don't see, like, Emily Rand going to the caster's desk and and, and shoutcasting the games. But Latigris is being pulled between all three of these places. And she never really gets the opportunity to settle in one of them and become really exempt, like really exceptional in any of them in in the way that some of these other personalities have been able to. So it does kind of feel like perhaps she's doing a mediocre job in all three, but that could also just be because she has never been given the opportunity to sit down and really try very hard at any of the given ones in one like sitting. Right. Maybe that's the case. Yeah. That's valid to think about. Um, but still regardless of how you feel about, her talent and whether or not you like her, it's still not an okay thing to harass people on the internet about an opinion or something that is outside of their control. Why do we want to bring up this whole discussion of whether we like this person now? Like, why do we want to pitchfork all of a sudden now? Like riot is definitely still a thing here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 a very ugly situation, and my heart goes out to Latigris, and I hope that she is able to, you know, feel better and and not have any of this go to go to her, like go to her head, go to her heart, or anything. Because like, it, it is very tough to be under the constant scrutinization of random people on the internet, especially yeah. when those random people make up some of the most foul human beings on planet Earth. Yeah, I can't. Uh... I can't even imagine. I hope you're doing alright. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, that is all that we have for team chat this week. So let's move on to all chat where we have nothing again. So <laughs> if you do want to talk to us on all chat, please go ahead and email us at hextechheroes at gmail.com. If you have a question for any of us, a topic you want us to discuss, or if you want to hear micro make a silly fart noise, you can send us a request that way. And perhaps we'll get oh to that God. eventually. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> please guys. <laughs> <laughs> please send anything. Give me an excuse to make a fart noise on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but if you don't want to email us, you can also reach out to us on our social media. Uh, we do now have an Instagram account, which is Hextech Heroes on Instagram. We have our YouTube channel, which is 
well, the YouTube channel is my YouTube channel, which is just Laughing Mage, and that's where we post like bonus Hexic Heroes content. We have our own individual social media accounts. So I am uh, also Laughing Mage on Instagram, but I'm also Laughing Mage Lull on Twitter. Uh, guys, you have any of those social medias that you want to talk about real quick for for you guys that they may be able to contact you at? Uh, I've got Twitter at at hh underscore micro. Hh means hentai haven. I'm just Obviously. kidding. <laughs> Definitely not the name of uh, our podcast. I don't really, I don't really post on it, but hey, you can always contact me there. You can see a picture of Goober, my cat. <laughs> to be clear, the cat, not the person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah. Hmm. No, no, no. I don't. I don't even anything else. Okay. I thought uh, I did, and then <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> you just you just want to get the last word in. <laughs> um. But yeah, if you guys want to talk to us over on any of our social medias or anything, and give us a question or whatever, go ahead and do that. Please, 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 please. and thank you. So moving on from. All chat, we have our next segment, which is slash FF. And here at Hexec Heroes, FF does not mean forfeit. In fact, it actually means for fun, where we get to talk about some for fun things in the League of Legends community that we don't think can be stretched out into full length topics. So with that being said, who here has a for fun topic for us to talk about this week? I got one. All right, shoot. Uh, so I was watching a, a video of Sneaky. He was doing just like a league gameplay video, and I heard him in medios talking about uh, league voice packs in the game, like announcer packs. And then I just wrote down a couple ideas for stuff that they could sell. So I said uh, they could do pro players. They could put content creators, casters, champions, like their voice actors, and then like maybe artists and like I feel like that's a huge idea that Riot could capitalize on, and I would definitely fall for. Kiana, Kiana voice back. Exactly, homie. I would, imagine, uh, dude. Imagine when, because she's got like a British or Silas with British. I just want to think about like a pro player telling me like, "Yo, you just got that double kill. Good fucking job, man." <laughs> yeah, have to, have to get a double or some shit. And, like, maybe they're, they're, they're even, like, conditional, so it can tell you got a solo kill or when you, like, 1v2'd or something like that. Maybe we could put some effort in. <laughs> right. I feel like it'd in. be a really interesting concept. No, that would be really sick. I would pay out my ass for, like, a Captain Flowers voice pack, a Cageville voice you. pack, a, a Caster June voice pack. I'd pay a lot of money for those. Somebody hyping you up. Dude. If I could hear Captain Flowers scream out every time that I make a like a double kill happen, I would I would Oh man. I don't Imagine you could get them to like say your username and shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean with, with, with all that crazy AI shit, maybe. Oh my god, maybe, yeah. Uh what about you, Micro? Do you have a, a four fun topic for us this week? I think last week I mentioned something about starting to stream. I do have OBS set up. I just probably won't have the time until next month. Pause. But um, I do have my Twitch channel. I found out what it was. Let me actually find it. I don't. I don't remember how to say. It. I think it's Extricio. Oh, ancient technology. <laughs> it's a. It's kind of weird to spell. E X T R I T I O underscore is my Twitch. 
I will probably make a new one because that one does not roll off the tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I am possibly looking into getting to streaming because that sounds fun. Interact more yeah. with uh, our audience, maybe, or find more people for our audience. That sounds fun. Big poggers. Plus, if it's just like streaming my solo queue adventures, I'm sure some people will probably. I, I used to stream a long, long time ago. Some people would always come over and like pick my brain and like cinch stuff, and I enjoyed that. <laughs> Fun. That'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, I have a four fun topic, and my four fun topic. I might end up doing this every week. I think a little bit uh, on top of whatever four fun I have, but I'm gonna just gonna make this one the entire four fun topic this week, where I'm gonna start doing match of the week, where I talk about maybe one specific match that caught my eye that maybe you should go and watch. And because this is the first week doing it, I'm actually going to pick one match from each major region. And from here on out, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to pick like one match overall. But for each uh, major region I have for the LCS, I think you should watch the FlyQuest 100 Thieves game from this weekend. It was really, really good. It was very fun to watch. And it also is, a, I would say, a pretty historical match because of the, excuse me, the, uh, the, the Prince Doublelift narrative that is going on. For the LEC, I have the Vitality versus Heretics best of three that happened uh, this last Saturday. It was a very interesting series of games where you saw both teams play very, very well. And both teams also just play very poorly in their given losses. And then have a very, very good third game where both teams seemed to have... Where it was tough for either team to take a, a, an excruciating advantage over the other. Then for the LPL, we have Weibo Gaming versus JDG. If you want to watch a bloody fucking game that just involves some of the best players, the best mechanical players in the world, this is that game for you. You're going to see some of the best, most in, like interesting plays, most well-executed 1v1s in the entire league, in, in the entire world, by watching the LPL uh, Weibo versus JDG. And then for LCK, I actually have KT Rolster versus Gen G, which was a surprising and very interesting best of three series that seemed to be like pushing both of these teams to their limits in terms of how well can they actually really play the macro of League of Legends. And it's a very interesting game to sit down and watch. And I'm I, if, if you are into the slower paced LCK-ish gameplay, you're definitely going to get that. But if you also want to see like heavy mechanical outplays, you're also going to get that here as well. Uh, but those are going to be my matches of the week and my FF for this week as well. Hell yeah. So with that being said, let's go ahead and move into our last topic of the night, which is going to be our basing segment where we get to talk about our based league of legends takes now guys who has a base take for this week because i i have one for sure i don't i do not <laughs> all right six so we're gonna talk about my base take. Years. all right what do you so got? basically this is what i have and i think cage will put this really really well and i've been trying to think about how i could word this but he ended up wording it very well uh while while during one of his streams where league of legends is very very stale at the moment right <clears throat> and what i bet thank what, god somebody said it well, and well, here's the thing. What I mean by stale is like, sure, we're seeing the same couple of champions get played over and over again. We see like 
I'm just going to like quickly list off a bunch of champions, and these are like some of the most popular champions in the meta right now. It's Zeri, Lulu, Ash, Ferris, Kate, Lux, Lucian, Nami, Azir, Victor, Silas, Akali, Nar, Kasante, Jax, Sejuani, Maokai, Wukong, Vi. And it's like, we really only see any sort of variation of these champions in pick ban. And when it really feels like 20 or 30 champions are all this getting played, surely the game looks and feels pretty stale. But beyond that, it's also the fact that this game has been out for a very, very long time. The professional scene has been thriving for a very, very long time. So not only is like the meta something that's a bit boring right now, it is the fact that we all kind of know how to play the game at this point. Where the meta feels like every single game plays out in a similar fashion, because it and this isn't even necessarily a meta conversation. This is just the best way. This is just how League of Legends is played overall. Objectives are an important part of the game. You have to look and play for objectives. This is something that you need to do. And certainly the best champions, the strongest champions in the game are always going to be the best to do that with. But beyond that, it's just knowing how to play the map, play around objectives and knowing what your win condition is, is always going to be the same concept regardless of what champion you're playing, right? Playing around dragons, playing around rift, playing around the baron and the elder, and playing around towers and just getting general macro map movement out. This is all information that is the very basics of League of Legends, and you can see the best teams in the world playing out these playing out their series and playing out their games in the same way in the same fashion every single time whereas like oh dragon has spawned at five minutes we're contesting the dragon with our bot lane because we're trying to get our hard prio in the bot lane we try to get a push through mid so that we can go to the dragon and we can rotate down to there we have a 4v4 at that point and then at the eight minute mark it's going to be a uh, rift arrow we're going to rotate our our support potentially our ad carry depending on what champion we have up until the rift arrow fight we're going to make sure that we're going to have the mid push we're going to make sure we're going to have the top lane push we're going to look for the herald herald is going to be important because we're going to drop the herald and if we're dropping the herald we're going to get one and a half plates worth of gold and if we're getting one and a half plates worth of gold we need to be able to deny the one and a half plates of gold that anybody on the map is going to end up getting in response to us dropping a herald on the other side of the map and it is just this very boring like i love macro i think macro is super interesting it's super important to know how to play it but it we it seems that we are locked in the same macro every single game from every single team across the entire world in every single pro scene ever and it yeah. it's it, it's so unfun to watch at some points because it's like okay we have a zero kill game at 22 minutes because neither team wants to give up a tempo advantage of dying and having to play off of that reset so we walk up we see that the enemy team has postured around the objective we walk away because we don't want to give up an, an advantage and if they are playing for an objective on the bottom bottom side of the map perhaps we put resources on the top side of the map and we try to get something on that side and we make a trade <laughs> And these trades are happening all the time, and it's on it's in every single major region on all the best teams in the entire world. And it's why you can look at a region like the LCS, and you look at our worst teams, and we think, wow, they look like shit because their map movements look like shit. Their macro is terrible, and you can always tell the very good teams because their macro beyond is just really, really good beyond just like being good individual players. It, it it's weird because it feels like every single team composition that's being built and every playstyle that's happening is like a 5v5 over objectives and getting uh getting those objectives gives you a better scaling advantage and older uh playstyles or more unique ways to play the game such as like strong split pushing threats and stuff like that 
don't seem nearly as relevant because everything feels like it needs to be a 5v5 because everyone is always going to be contesting objective at some point during the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the player discrepancy would is definitely what influences that a lot. And I, I, I get the point that's being made that, like, objectives are just always the win con and, like, there's not much else for us to do. Like, we don't want to die because then we'll objectively just lose the game, so... We have to just play around objectives. Yes. And, I mean, there's not much else to say about it, I don't think, because yeah. I don't think there's anybody who argue, that can argue with this point. Like the, 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 That's how the game is structured. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's weird <laughs> to think where you, you look at League of Legends five years ago. You look at League of Legends two or three years ago. You look at the major regions. You look at even the minor regions, and you see small differences in how they read the meta and how they want to play out games. You see more aggressive top sides versus more passive bot sides versus playmaking mids or carry mids. And you see, like, you'll see assassins in the jungle. You'll see facilitators and tanks in the jungle. And you see different play styles from every region in the entire world, major or minor. And then you see those unique play styles play up against each other in the international tournaments that we'll have. And now it feels like every single region in the entire world, every major region, every minor region, every amateur team is all playing the same composition with the same kinds of champions to do the same kind of map movements because this is just the way that league of legends is played the game itself has been solved like that's the condition right now that it's in yeah for sure the the it's not even a meta conversation it's like this is this is a conversation about how league of legends needs to get played regardless of what champions are strong this is always what it's going to boil down to yep people figured it out for this meta or that there's just straight up less options so people found the best options quicker yes like there just isn't much room for deviation so we just figured this stuff out already yeah and it's it just gotten stale and also dragons win you every game yeah dragon dude dragons are so fucking important i want dragons I, win you every game. I don't remember what the stat was but i i used to know the win rate for teams that end up getting dragon soul and like how likely it is from that point onward to actually get the win and i'm pretty sure it was above 90 percent the last time i checked or like how many games one team finished drag like dragon soul and and still won yeah like dragon soul is just way too important because it's a huge scaling advantage and it's just so fucking powerful man definitely depending on the dragon that you get for sure yeah yeah i'm still Wait, I for, I feel like they made changes to wind, wind Dragon, but I'm still under the impression Air Drake is big boo-boo buns. I mean, I think every single dra- Dragon Soul is good. I, I think I think Cloud Soul is highly yeah, underrated. Yeah, Soul is good. Yeah, I, I, I think it's super underrated, and I think it's underrated because people don't know how to abuse It depends movement on speed. the champion. That's my thing. I think that is, that's the thing about it, because I think it gives you movement speed on ult cast, right? Yes. Yeah. But so like depending on your champ, it can be really useful. Well, I so I watched the HLE Domwon game, and I watched Deft use his ultimate as Caitlyn, and then run around at seven hundred movement speed for ten seconds, and he outkited the entire well, enemy team because of I it. was just about to ask. It lasts for that long, ten seconds. Like, like he, he literally just outkited the shit. entire enemy team because of the soul. 
That's a long time. Like, like it, like this is a good fucking soul, and people are underrating it because they think, oh, like yeah, no, it's only good for like certain champions. Like, no, it's going to be good. And if it's oh, not good for your champions, it might damn like well that. be good for their champions. So denying it is going to be better than them having it, even if you think it's shit. Yeah, that's also the argument too. Is that just don't let the enemy have a dragon. Yeah. Don't do it. It's never a good idea. Yeah. Unless, it, well, like, you know, if you can help it. I, what we're really coming down to is saying it's always jungle diff. If you lose, jungle diff. Yeah. If you win, jungle diff. If you get solo killed in your top lane at two minutes into the game and your jungler is still doing his third camp, jungle diff. Like, it's <laughs> been doing better. Like, it's just every game is jungle diff. If you have a good jungler, you win the game. If you have a shit jungler, you lose the game. Definitely has absolutely nothing to do with getting priority in your lanes. No. Absolutely not. All your junglers fall all the time. This is a joke. <laughs> Definitely don't take this seriously. I don't need to get not harassed anymore in my solo queue games. Not a joke, not a joke, not a joke. Shut up, Micro! <laughs> Well, that's it for my base anymore. take, man. Let's 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 yeah. close out this episode before I get hate on Twitter. Oh no, they uh, wouldn't. <laughs> Anonymous wouldn't. Anonymous would not. Never. But with that being said, guys, that is going to be the end of our episode. So let's go on to our outros and whatnot, guys. Do we have any shout outs that you guys want to throw out into the world? Shout, shout out, out Emily. Emily. Let's go. There yes, it I is. Don't. There it is. <laughs> I don't have any other shadows. Micro, anything for you? Um, sorry, you can cut this out. Give me a second. My earbuds just died and I can't hear anything. That's unlucky. I'm not going to be cutting that out because I don't want to do extra work tonight. But I'm going to do shoutouts anyways. My shout-out, obviously, always my shout-out to Emily. But beyond that, shout out, I'm going to shout-out myself where I talk about my Twitter laughing mage lol on twitter i'm on twitter every single fucking day i may not be on it for very long because of what they want to make the changes to twitter are and i i won't get into it but if they do make those changes i probably won't be on twitter as much but if they do if they do if they don't make the changes and i'll probably stay on twitter and i live tweet every major uh major region game that i watch and um i don't know i say silly funny things about league of legends on the internet so and I'm also uh, looking to do more content stuff. I'm just busy because I play on a team and I do practices. And I am also trying to be a normal human being. And it's tough. Yep. That's a <laughs> lot of things. Shout out Goober. That's a lot of things. And there's a shout out to Goober that we were anticipating. <laughs> shout out Goob. Shout out Goob. Goobcast. But with that being said, that is everything from us here at Hexec Heroes. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of us rambling on about our favorite game in the entire world. And uh, we will probably see you next time. Yeah, see ya. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.